Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon here on 1450 WXVW, the Sports Buzz. Joined in studio, as always, by my two superstar co-hosts, Mike Gandolfo, Ashley Danielle. Good morning. How is everything? Good morning, sunshines. I woke up this morning. I actually took the... It's a beautiful morning outside today, right? So I took my little guy. We went out fishing, you know. Really? Fishing yeah. this morning? Absolutely. Got out there around seven, you know, about an hour or so. And wow, where at? Just just a little tributary off the Ohio, you know. Catch I got a buddy who's got some riverfront property. Wow. Okay. Catch anything? No, no. And you know, I was actually I didn't throw a line in. I I I just let him do it, and you know, he worked on casting and stuff like that. It was fun. It was a good time. I did that yesterday, and then I went uh, yesterday. I went and did the the backside of Churchill Downs with my daughter. You know, did a little something special with each of them. Got to keep it going. I didn't make it to Churchill Downs yesterday, but it seems like everybody I know was there. On I Friday night? Uh, actually, yesterday. Yesterday. Were, were so. you, Ashley? I was not. Oh, okay. I was knocking on doors. <laughs> you know. Well, very active weekend. We're out of the dog days of, of the off season when it comes to local sports here. Right? That's behind us. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about the Reds. Thank God. They're horrible. Mm-hmm. Why do you bring it up? I, I shouldn't have. But what I'm saying is there's no shortage of topics to discuss. We've got everybody and their, their brother in the NFL creating a, a just a crazy storyline for us to discuss. We've got the Louisville Cardinals uh, football team winning against FIU. Maybe not the most impressive fashion, despite the fact that they covered the spread. They did cover the spread. But let's. This is still an FIU team that lost to Bethune Cookman at home. Yeah. Okay. Not not a, so. And the fact that their offense is continuing to struggle the way it is, uh, it's. I mean, I, I am the guy at the beginning of the year who thought Louisville was going ten and two. Okay. I was the guy who was beating that drum because I didn't think their schedule, although it's much better, was really full of like world beaters, outside of Clemson and Florida State and. Now Clemson's probably not as good as I thought, but Notre Dame's better. And who knows about Boston College? Um, well, I mean, they got to play against Florida State. I mean, they, Florida State. Florida State is. I mean, Florida State. They, they've got a. They've got a tough schedule. They, they, it's tougher. Tougher. Okay. okay. Not the toughest schedule in the country. No, but I mean, when you see the other names out there outside of the Clemson, Florida State's, and Notre Dame's, you know, who out there really did you really feel like Louisville should lose to? And then now we're seeing now. So we're seeing, the, to me, the exact opposite. The defense is way better than I ever anticipated their defense would be. Todd Grantham has done an amazing job there. And the offense is just, I mean, are, are we seeing, did, did Charlie know that once Teddy was gone, they were going to just drop off considerably talent-wise? Or, and, you know, because for like the last, it hadn't that been the real topic of discussion in the last three years, was it Charlie Strong really... Getting Louisville where they were going, or was it Teddy Bridgewater? Are we kind of seeing that it might have been Teddy Bridgewater? Ashley, what do you? Th- I mean, it was Teddy Bridgewater that great to where now we've we've got an average quarterback, and maybe we're not that good. Yeah, I I had this conversation last night saying if we had a legitimate quarterback, we would our football team would be amazing. I don't know because that O line's terrible. The O line's well, not very good know. either. Well, it's, it's a transition I period. I disagree because how long? Especially we talked about this last week. How long? Um, I'm trying. I think I purposely forgot this dude's name on purpose. Will Gardner stood 
in the pocket, he's standing there for seconds on seconds before he throws a ball. And we were talking about that last week in terms of how many um, terrible passes he threw that were not under pressure. So I don't, I don't, I don't buy that the offensive line is not very good. I buy that our quarterback is below average, and they just, we just had no option to take him out this week. I think the offensive line is below average. I, this the, the FIU team that Louisville played yesterday was ranked 156 in sagging ratings or something like that. I didn't check them today. I don't know what they're at today. So then you get a situation where they're playing. The only reason why Louisville is playing that game in Miami is because when Charlie was there, they needed to have those games in Miami for recruiting purposes. Right? Yeah. The Miami connection is still very... Very strong. Very, very strong. Will it go away soon? Well, did they help themselves yesterday? That's my question. Did they help themselves from a recruiting standpoint yesterday with that game? Because you only do it for a recruiting reason. I mean, well, they won. So I guess that gives them – I mean, and like I, I said this watching the game, I said somebody will wake up this morning and see the score and say, oh, man – Louisville kicked their butt, but whoever yeah. watched them, yeah, that was not that was a a it looking was an at, ugly game. Looking at the scoreboard, thirty four to three. Oh, easy win for Louisville. But if you're a Louisville fan and you watch the game, you're not walking away from that happy. Michael Dyer made his debut on the season. We had a very impressive game from Gerard Holloman with a couple interceptions. That guy's really one for a touchdown, right? He too. went for a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, that guy's really turning into a playmaker. He's got many interceptions this year thus far. We saw a very acrobatic, impressive play by hometown favorite James Quick. So there's there's some silver lining, and there's some reason to be happy, but quarterback play and what should be the strength of Bobby Petrino's team, which is quarterback play and offensive potency, right. doesn't look like it's it's the strength of this team. Give us a call, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. You're a Cards fan. Are you happy with yesterday's game? Is that something that uh, the the sting of the Virginia loss? It stung, man. It deflated the card fan base. It did. We were riding high. We were going to be. I heard people saying going undefeated. Yeah, bring on Florida State, and then we really got brought down back to earth. And now this FIU loss does that does that pacify your your deflated sense of what this team is, or is it a very disappointing win despite being a thirty four to three victory for the Cards? You know, I don't, I don't know what's going on in the world of college football right now, but um, it's very interesting to see all of the teams that people are expecting to win and go undefeated that are struggling. The teams that got upset yesterday—it's um, more than I remember. I mean, the last several seasons. Um, I wonder how much this whole playoff thing has something to do with it, or is it just that the teams that are ranked at the top are just not that good? Well, I mean, or, I, I think there's parity at the top. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, but we saw LSU upset. Yeah, LSU and, and LSU still was not one of those in one of those teams in the SEC West. I think a lot of teams were thinking that they were the LSU of old. So, like to me, the SEC, the top level SEC, Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU. It's probably not as dominant as it has been in the past, but I think this is probably the deepest the SEC's been this year. If you look at the SEC after yesterday, especially Missouri losing to Indiana, Indiana. congratulations to the Hoosiers because I think that was a huge win for them, maybe even a job saver for uh, uh, up there for um, uh, Wilson. But uh, you know the SEC East I, right now, I would say every team could beat any other team. Vanderbilt 
played South Carolina tough yesterday. I mean, mm-hmm. I, every team in the SEC East could beat the other teams, and I just uh, I think there's a there's a lot of parity there, and I would agree that I think there's probably at the top of college football, it's probably there's not that dominant dominant team because I don't definitely Florida State didn't look that way last night. Yeah, it makes you wonder um, how subjective the rating system might be, um, just because these teams have big names and they've had they have a strong football history. Should they be at the top? And are we overlooking a team like Carolinas? Uh, East Carolina. What <laughs> East about Carolina? East? Yeah. What about East Carolina? Seventy points. Man, that like, was impressive. Is that a team that needs to be on the radar now but that there, nobody and, talked about? And North Carolina was an ACC team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the ACC was kind of pouting, you know, touting as the yeah. best, one of the best in that division. And uh, now, is it like seventy to forty-one or something like that. And it was, it was seventy. It was a bigger spread than that. Carolina so, scored late. North Carolina mm-hmm. scored late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, you know, to that point, though, we don't even know because the rankings that we have available to us right now don't matter at all. Yeah, I think that's what Ashley was saying. Yeah. I, I agree. The rankings. Well, I mean, that, but they don't. The, the, rank, the only ranking that's going to matter, I think, it's after is it after week six or week eight when well, that the selection committee starts putting their rankings out. But but does a team like East Carolina get even a look because they're East Carolina? Well, they've already lost the game, so I'll say no. I would say no too. Just because of that, but they, they are they don't have I mean they have they have two mediocre wins. Above mediocre wins. They're, they're, no, they don't have, no, I would say it, they don't have we, two great wins. Okay, when you're looking at the selection committee, yeah, you're probably right. They they beat two ACC uh mid level teams. Yeah, and they lost to an SEC team, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a tough schedule. How good is we South give the, that, we don't that, know. That, I just felt feel like there's so many question marks in the ranking. I always felt like that, even even in basketball that how can you really tell who's the number one team in the country? It never turns out to be that team. The team that's number one hardly ever well, Alabama, goes all the way. Alabama really beat the hell out of Florida. Well, that was the case. That was not it, impressive. It was I watched ha- that game also. Their first half was terrible. I it mean, was, it, yeah. was, uh, it was they ended up putting it was up. tied at halftime, but then Alabama put on an absolute show. The Cooper r- receiver for Alabama Amari Cooper. was amazing. I think I might name my son Amari. Really? Yeah. After Amari Stardomar? No. Uh, Am- Amari Toomer? <laughs> no. Who else I just is Amari? Like the name. I like it. Amari Toomer was a good good wide receiver from for the Giants for years. <laughs> Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. I like that name. Well, my son's going to be better than all of them. So remember that I told you that. Okay. It'd be cool if he made as much money as Amari Stoudemire's collecting to sit on a bench somewhere. Right. Is he still on the Knicks? I think he has to be because. He's not playing much, no. is he? No, I have you ever seen, this is an interesting off spin-off topic, <laughs> have you ever seen uh, a player that's so married to a specific style of play in the D'Antoni system? Without Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire's not very good. That's true. With he Steve was- Nash and with Mike D'Antoni... He was one of the best play. I mean, he was well, one of the best players in the NBA. He wasn't very good with the Knicks. With D'Antoni was there. True. So he needs Steve Nash. Yeah. So uh, we pinpoint it. It's the marriage between Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash. Maybe they should trade that. They should. They should trade Steve Nash back to. I don't know. Steve Nash is washed up. Yeah, Steve Nash is done. He's like he's older than I am. So. Oh my god. Oh yeah, my that's gosh. that's real old. He's old as dirt. Yeah. The weekend sports buzz comes at you every Sunday from 10 o'clock until noon here on 1450 WXVW. We are brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. 
We want to encourage our listeners throughout the show today to be giving us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We've got plenty to talk about. We, we mentioned the Louisville victory over Florida International University in South Florida yesterday. We mentioned a little bit of uh, national stories across the top 25 and, and upsets such as our man Carolina Steves, East Carolina Pirates. Was that a good impression? That was pretty good. Actually. Yeah, you got a little Let's, slower draw. Yeah, you got, yeah, you've got to slow it you down. You got it. Some, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was interesting last night when I saw the um, the scores going across the screen. I said, "You know what? I really hope we hear from East Carolina today because he's been telling us about East Carolina for the past couple of weeks, yeah. and now he has a lot of fire." Oh, we should we should hear from the truth and Carolina Steve. <laughs> Both of them. We need the truth. I haven't heard from him in a long time. You know, I'm I'm a little upset. He, he would tune in for some reason, more so on the Saturday shows, it seems. Yeah. As, as of late. So, all right. Okay. Other storylines across the NFL. We have the domestic um, domestic violence issue that is becoming a theme across the NFL. It's even spilled over into the world of mixed martial arts as someone, you know, that women are coming forward and saying, and this has happened a couple times. What was the one guy? Uh, Jonathan Dwyer. Jonathan Dwyer. Well, this is came, not came forward. This and is it not just a new problem in the UFC too, where they say, "Oh, in 2012 we had this." But this is not a new problem in in combat sports or contact sports. This has been going on for a long time, and there's been women who have gotten abused a whole lot worse than what Ray Rice's wife got abused in that elevator. And then, yeah. and so it's like now all of a sudden we have social media takes a, takes an issue. Way past the point where it needs to take it. Listen, domestic... Past, past where they, it needs to take it. Okay. Domestic violence is terrible. Horrible. And it's inexcusable to hit a woman or hit a child. Okay. Okay. But at the same time, I feel like we've act, we're acting like this is a brand new problem. Like this is a brand new issue. There's a feel to it like that. And it's not, it's not a brand new issue. Jason Kidd got in trouble years ago for domestic assault with his wife. But no one saw it. No one saw it. It wasn't that big of a deal. Well, I mean, I Robert Parrish did years ago. It shouldn't seem logically. It shouldn't make any difference whether or not we saw it or not. We know it exactly. happened. That's it should be point. wrong. Um, and we know that it's wrong. I think for some reason, the fact that the video surfaced, because like we said, um, with, with the Ray Rice situation, apparently he described in detail to the NFL what exactly happened in the elevator. They state, made the statement that what he told them and what they saw on the video was very, very close to accurate. So and then what we saw on the video, knew, hmm? and then what we saw on the video was not accurate. Well, yeah. And it's, what, well, what do you mean was not accurate? I mean, uh, it wasn't the same story that the NFL and the Ray Rice was putting out there. Okay, but, but, but what, the they're say, they what they're saying is that Ray Rice originally had told Roger Goodell and the NFL the true story. Right. That's what they. Yeah, saying. I punched her. Yeah, but they didn't, sure that's it didn't not go what they beyond told that. People. Yeah, that's, that's not, not what they went public with. Right. So basically from February when we saw the initial video, because I think that was on my local Cinco back then, um, of him dragging her out of the elevator. We didn't see what happened in the elevator. We knew that he punched her or did something um, to make her be unconscious on the floor. Um, But from that time until now, it's like, oh, here's this video. We can actually see this happening. Oh, that's horrible. And about it. So I really think it just shows the power of social media because now um, NFL's like, oh crap, we have a larger, way larger female fan base than we ever have had before. 40%? Is that yeah. What? Yeah. What? So 40%? 40%. Of- 
of uh, NFL viewers are women. Are women. What? That's what so, the stat came out, yeah. That's why it's such a big deal because these women are like, oh, okay, so you're going to put <laughs> someone who just knocked his wife out back on the field after a two-game suspension. We don't think that's the so, so I'm going to tweet about it and let everyone know we're going to boycott the Ravens or we're going to boycott the NFL. And they don't want to lose that money, so now it's a really big deal. And it's probably way more about the financial aspect Unfortunately, then it actually is about the domestic violence. And well, that's really it, it, oh, one hundred percent is because one hundred percent a business. Decision. That's the culmination of it. Is that now you've got the social media presence, mm-hmm. but then you have all the money that's in the NFL that's bigger than it's ever been from sponsorship standpoint. Right. And a sponsor can't afford to to put their name nope. with that. I mean, this is what's going to happen in Minnesota with Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson will never play in Minnesota again. I think they. Adrian, I think he will. He's definitely not playing this year, and because of their financial hit that they're taking from Radisson, what's Radisson? The hotel, okay, yeah, company. They are losing. I thought that was some acronym for. They're losing, just some some anti-violence. They're losing millions and millions and millions of dollars, way more than what his salary is. (laughs) So they are. It is going to. uh, It is. He is done in Minnesota. You know, it brings up many interesting storylines and arguments. I was out. For my wife's birthday last night, I ended up going out and um, talking to a couple of my buddies. And naturally, it evolves into a sports conversation. And one of my buddies steadfastly is is saying that it's unethical and it, it flies in the face of everything that America is, that these guys are being suspended before they've been found right. guilty of anything. Well, I mean, it's and no that, different. It brings up an interesting argument. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with it. Were these guys in the wrong? In my opinion, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know they, that. But they, in my opinion, they were. Right. But However, if you have a business, like, it's no different. Like, in high school, like, if, if someone was in high school and they got in trouble for stealing something from another kid in school, their parents might prosecute that kid, but the school has to take some type of action to say, we have a zero-tolerance policy about X, Y, Z. So it's like... The university, the sports team, or whatever, has to have their own set of punishments, their own set of rules to just let the people, the masses, know that this is not this just big, immoral organization and we just don't care what you do as long as you're winning games, which is probably the truth, but they don't want us to know that. No. I don't that, it, To me, it goes deeper, too. I mean, it's like it goes back to the Daniel, the Donald Sterling thing. I mean... Uh, as awful as what he said and as racist as what he said was, it, he still said that in the privacy of his own home. And now we're worried about what we're saying in the privacy of our own home. But it was recorded, so we all got to hear it. I understand that. But that's what, what makes it so real. People have known for genera- decades that Donald Sterling is a, bigot, racist, is a bigot. Yes. And it makes horrible but statements then, but, behind closed doors, but there's no recording of it. And then we go, but then that forces them to look back at an Atlanta Hawks email that was sent like five years ago. Yeah. And the guy basically is quoting a demographic study. And I would love to hear how you feel about that, being mm-hmm. an African-American woman. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with the guy sending an intercompany email about a demographic study of what they're trying to do from a financial standpoint. There was some plan. very poor – Danny Ferry made some very – Can you guys catch ba- me up on ba- that? Ba- ba- I miss that story. Mike. Yeah. The, wait, catch her up on it. There's There was some, some – they said the Hawks had decided that they were, this is my summary of it, and Mike, there's many more specifics that go into it. They had decided that the experience at their games was too black. And that's very controversial in itself, right? That's what it was. There was too many black people there. 
they were trying to get to the point where they, to me, the way I took it is that they're, they're, and this has happened in the NBA a lot. I mean, this is why the Detroit Pistons moved out of Detroit and moved to Auburn Hills where the money was. I mean, they made a financial decision. You don't want people to, and but it, it did take a specific racial overtone. It, it, they specifically said we needed to work on having more white people be at the games, and that was how I took it. They—that's what they said, and then that's. But that I don't know—is that wrong? Is that wrong? I think it is. If if they were going after a certain demographic to increase their population of a demographic, it's of capitalism, games. and it and it's specifically going after not alienating anyone. And, and making sure, like for our show, for example, we want everyone to be able to listen, right? Absolutely. And we, they're not we telling don't, they don't we, want If we find there. out there's a large contingency of Asians in Louisville, but none of them, all Asians dislike our show. They all do. Then we need to somehow tweak it, right? So that, the principle of it isn't a bad thing. You want to be open to everyone. But I, I think it, it, it just... But they were they were going after studies of saying who's the most likely to to maximize their dollar that they spend mm-hmm. at the but, arena in a, in a business environment. And they're, so they're saying black people aren't profitable. At that, that's a very the study con- that they had. It wasn't like they were like just throwing out. They were just putting out generalizations. I mean, they had a study. So okay, well, regardless, in the world that we live in, that's a very um, controversial. And it is very taboo to ever say that or even think it, right? That's tough. I don't know. That's a really, I don't know. I think I mean, that's really tough. And I think a lot of it will probably depend on the language because I'm going to put on my researcher hat for a moment and say that if there is documented evidence, maybe they're not saying that brown people, I always say brown instead of black. That's just my thing. Okay. Um, brown people because nobody's truly black. Sure. Right? But I think that if they're saying that brown people are not as profitable, like they're not going to spend as much money as white people, there's still like something about that that just doesn't sound no. It's right ba- it's horrible. It's <laughs> whatever reason. But if they're saying we need to increase our demographic because we should be a more diverse organization, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. The bottom line is they were pro- they were do- trying to make a decision that was good for the future fiscally of the Atlanta Hawks, and they did not think these emails were going to be released, and they probably didn't word it as carefully politi- as carefully and as politically correct as they wish they would have. And it got out. And but in the world also, that we live in, that is that is uh, going to scar you. And Danny Ferry lost his job. And there was other people involved. This Levinson guy you know, had to sell his share of the team. And uh, Is that who it was? Hmm. Uh, but are also in Atlanta. So what do you expect <laughs> is my question. And it's the same for like some place like Detroit. What do you expect? The population in that city it's probably lar- a larger percent minority than most other places in the country. It so, is. Especially probably during the time that they may have had Michael Vick as a quarterback. There's going to bring a lot of brown people to the game. Yeah. So, and they just, to me, it's like, you know, we're seeing this thing happen in sports. I mean, the 49ers just did it. They just moved out of an area. They moved out of San Francisco where it was not as profitable for them to a area where they can generate a fan base that is going to produce more money. I mean, it happens all the time in sports. The what? What a what a couple topics we're tackling today. Jeez, lightning rods here. Domestic <laughs> domestic violence and racial 
racial profiling for in the sake of capitalism being uh, and, and, and that's tolerable probably, that's, and, or, or not. So, and, I mean, that, and that's probably part of my issue with the whole thing is because, you know, obviously being a small business owner, I am a capitalist to the nth degree, you know, and I, I, maybe that's just from my unique perspective and viewpoint. Or maybe they're Berean in their mindset in that, so Berea College, Orange College, where you Probably. work, right? Mm-hmm. You work there, right? Like no, at Bria, I'm on the young alumni. Yeah. yeah, I'm on the young alumni. Well, yeah, you work at Bria. Like, you have to have a job. Right. I just figured out what you're saying. I'm sorry. Um, so, Bria College very much prides itself as being the first education institution in the state of Kentucky that educated blacks and whites together. So, did not know that. They have a very, very strong history of diversity and trying to make sure that the campus is as diverse as possible. So, back in the early 1900s, Berea was about 50% Caucasian, 50% other. They very, very much strive to, or since, the, okay, so there was a period of time when it was illegal for Berea to educate students of different races together. After that law was abolished, ever since then, they've been very much trying to get back to that 50-50 split, which they've done a very good job of. Um, so Bria, 1,600 students, 100 different countries represented. Wow. Very diverse. Very, wow. very diverse. I didn't know that. 100 population. different countries. Yeah. So um, you can sit in a class with a kid from Tibet that's talking about living on a mountain in a little shack that they think is the best thing ever. And then you're across from a kid from Birmingham, Alabama. Then you've got kids from all over the all over the world. So is it possible? No, this is just me being the devil's advocate. <laughs> That these people are not so much saying we got to make more money, so we got to get white people in here. They're like, we need a diverse fan base, and we want everybody to feel comfortable and everyone to. Maybe not. I think the only, <laughs> the only color they see is green. Yeah, that's the no, only no, green is the right? only color they care about. That green's the only color that the Atlanta Hawks owners care about. I but, mean, but 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 it, it. I do think that a diverse. If you are. Um, a let's say brown person, and you go to a game, and all you see is white people. That's not good. No, absolutely not. I mean, that doesn't make you feel like it's you're welcome there. And there's plenty of people who are brown that bring go and spend a bunch of money at NBA games. Um, so I think that the diverse element to it is is the perfect world, and that's where things are headed, and that's what you want, probably, regardless of your business. You don't want to alienate anybody. Absolutely not. Anybody brings money to the table. You want to. By all means, you don't. At the same time, you don't want it to be all all one color, regardless of which color it is. So I think that that's probably what they were going for. In my opinion, uh, don't don't they don't want to alienate anyone. So some very fun topics we're tackling this morning here on the, the weekend sports buzz five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. Give us a call if you have any comments on on the domestic uh, domestic violence topics we've talked about the. Uh, Atlanta Hawks and the every every topic that we've discussed this morning, we'd be more than happy to take your calls on. I'm going to go out to little Beyonce in, in honor of uh, in honor of Ashley this morning. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.
I mean, <laughs> welcome back to the weekend sports buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, joined in studio as always with our all star lineup of Ashley Miller, Mike Gandolfo, coming at you for another version of the all sports talk. We were talking during the break, guys, and there is just so many storylines for oh. us to talk about today. We got to talk. Up. Okay. From last week that we didn't talk about yet, but Miss New York or Miss America. Oh, okay. Miss New um, York did. Yeah, and there's been a lot of media fallout since then. Um, well, first of all, congratulations to Miss Kentucky Ramsey Carpenter for making the top 10 or 12 or something. I think she made the top 12. But she did a great job. Um, but the girl that won sang Happy by Pharrell while playing a red cup on the floor. <laughs> um, so that was... Little, like, uh, was Anna Kendrick? Is that who does the cup song? Um, yeah, but she only had one cup. She only had one cup. She only had one cup. Um, so that was kind of a joke for quite a while, probably still. Um, so there's been some social media posts of her being crowned, but instead of the actual Miss America crown, it's a red cup being put on her head. Red solo cup. <laughs> so, um, and then there was jokes that maybe the judges were drinking out of red solo cups in the back before they came out, and they were just... Super excited to see her with the red cup. I don't know. But um, so there was a lot of controversy about her win for that reason, just because people thought her talent wasn't that great. Um, come to find out, this girl has this fantastic personality, and she's, which is probably what the judges saw in an interview. And that's always what I say. Like, you win and you get their attention in an interview. Like, if you're, unless your stage performance is absolutely horrible, you can win an interview. But um, so then... It comes out that she was a an intern at Planned Parenthood, and then a lot of people started bashing her and calling her horrible names on social media. Which is inevitably going to happen, right? With regardless of what you come out with, but wow, that's sounds yeah, like so it could then, take a really bad turn. Yeah, so that was bad, and then Planned Parenthood Federation of America then decided, you know what, we're going to back this girl. So then they post a oh, so some people are calling her. I don't know if I can say the s word on the radio, but. Not really a cuss word, but like it's SL? yeah, it's a derogatory. As term. a slut, yeah, I didn't know if you can say it on radio or not. I was going to say it. You can say it. So people were calling her that so, because she support about Planned Parenthood. Yeah, because she um, said that she does support comprehensive sex education for teenage kids, which I do too. But I guess that you know makes me wow. too. I don't know. But anyway, so Planned Parenthood came out with um, a stance against that, saying we stand with Miss America. Like sign your name if you stand with her. So then that has become. I wouldn't say a partnership, but has necessarily has become a big thing in media. Well, isn't though? Isn't that basically the same conversation we were just having in the previous segment? Though, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody gets so overly scrutinized, and it's just, it's it's really unfortunate. Ridiculous. It's because people people want to throw stones without knowing the complete and total picture, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's it's just really unfortunate. I think of where we're kind of headed right now, where you're so overly scrutinized. It is. No question so, about it. But um, this was a three-peat for the state of New York, which I'm not sure has happened in Miss America history. So the last three Miss Americas from the state of New York. And being on the board of Miss Kentucky, I want to know what they're doing so that we can do that <laughs> for Kentucky. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. We're actually going to head to the buzz line now. Mike, Ashley, you guys called for it. We got on the line with us now, none other than... Carolina. No, nope. The truth. No. The truth. Truth. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, how are you doing this morning, Truth? How you doing this morning? I'll tell you what, the Hoosiers shocked the nation. I know they did. 
I, I, I was actually, I was kind of expecting it. I think they uh, I, that was awesome for Indiana. Just a great win. I'll tell you what I like about it. All these freshmen got a lot of playing time on that defense. So the defense, I'm still disappointed. We should be 3-0, but I'll take a win any time over SEC school. Let me ask you this. Do you think Kevin Wilson was on the hot seat before this game? Uh, I I thought next year he would be on the hot seat. And do you and now now Indiana gets this big win? Do you, you think that can catapult them to having a pretty good Big Ten season? Because I mean the Big Ten, as we're seeing, is very beatable. The Big Ten. Uh, here's one thing I uh, I uh, look at on this: if they play like they're supposed to be, dude, uh, they should they should go to a ball game. There's no question. I hear you, truth. Love it. I will tell you something else. I'm uh, uh, what Mr. Michael McLean and all the Louisville Cardinals fans. Louisville Cardinals are overrated. They should put seventy points on the board yesterday. Agreed. I, 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 you're not getting an argument out of this guy. I tell you what, Indiana to beat Louisville Cardinals right today. I come, I bring my boys to Papa John State right now and beat the Louisville Cardinals. It's bottom twenty points. It's bottom twenty points and still win. Yes, yes, Truth. yes. Coming to the Hey, <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. Indiana going to be in the top 25. Hey, check this out. Uh, Indiana going to win the next three ball games, and they might, don't be surprised if we beat Michigan State. Ooh, he's calling the Michigan State upset. I like that. Mm. All right. When we, play, when we play Michigan State, Indiana will be 5-1, and, and I don't think Michigan State is all they good. The big game is open. Anybody can win. The Big Ten is very open. Uh, it, you know, it's 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 kind of sad in a way how much of Big Ten football has really kind of fallen. Yeah, that's true. So it's not fair for Indiana. It's fair for uh, Ohio State because we expect to win. But when we when Kelly Willis uh, do the coach of the year in Indiana play for the national championship, y'all gonna say the truth told me so on Sunday morning. The truth told us the truth. All right, truth. Yeah. There it is. All right, I'm looking forward to that UofL-Indiana game at Madison Square Garden. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Good stuff there. Thank you very much, Truth. Um... Once again, we want to encourage our listeners, give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. It's no longer the off-season. We don't have to talk about the dog days of summer and getting through things. We've got many stories we haven't even got to this morning, none of them being smaller than the victory for the East Carolina Pirates. We're going to head back to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. We've got our man Carolina Steve on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Carolina? Carolina, I want to know who would win between Indiana and East Carolina. <laughs> Yeah, just fine. Matter of fact, send any team down to Greenville. We'll take them on. The Hoosiers, the Cardinals, anybody. I mean, we score 70 points in a football game. Shane Carden throws for over 400 again and rushes for two. Our receiver, who was the hero at uh, Virginia Tech, was suspended for two games. So what do we do? We have other people step up. And our best receiver was a walk-off. Uh, Justin Hardy. So uh, that's that is the type of team we roll with out of uh, Downey Ficklin Stadium. 
It'll be interesting to me to see if East Carolina passes Louisville up in the Sagarin ratings next week. Because I think uh, they're really close. Indiana's 56. Um, this is not including yesterday's games. Indiana was going into yesterday with 56. East Carolina's going to 51. Louisville was 32. I think East Carolina's going to make a big jump, though. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting. I mean, that was a, an impressive performance. Yeah, uh, one of my buddies that lives down in Greenville uh, put a, a message on uh, Facebook that East Carolina, CBS has them ranked in the top 20. So uh, it's going to be interesting. This is this game, whether y'all know it or not, is just as big in my state as as the Kentucky U of L game this year. And it this goes all the way back when uh, Carolina used to call us ECTC, which was short for East Carolina Teachers College. And this goes back a long way. And uh, Fedora had said this is the best East Carolina team he's ever seen. And I'm just glad that we could uh, pull this victory off. And uh, I tell you what, it don't look too bad. Uh, we got a four-game winning streak against the ACC now. That's pretty impressive. Two good wins. Going back, going back to last year, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. I was glad to see that uh, Louisville broke uh, broke out of their fuck yesterday, and they had to play down there in a tropical storm. It looked like and uh, everything, but uh, I'm happy uh, for the way. The only thing I didn't like was Florida State beating my, beat my Tigers last night, but uh, that's to be expected uh, with, uh, when the kicker can't kick. Uh, Dabo will probably be holding open tryouts on campus <laughs> to find him the kicker and everything. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to some of the games that uh, I'm looking forward to that uh, Louisville has left. I want to see him play Boston College. And I really want to see how good NC State is. I don't think they're as good as their record. The competition they're playing uh, – I think Trinity can beat a couple of those teams that they play and everything. But it's it's going to be interesting, and uh, I'm going to enjoy the rest of the football season. I see in East Carolina's path, I see two teams that could keep them from going to that bowl for the top uh, nine five. We lose them? Car- Carolina, are you there? I think we lost them. Good stuff. I'm sure we'll hear from from Carolina here shortly. Well, he whether yeah. it be today or, or next week. He but. brings up the kickers uh, thing of that got Clemson you know, last night. Oh God! And then uh, you know the same thing happened in Kansas State. Kansas State probably beats Auburn if they have a kicker. Uh, you know, I think they get, that kid missed like three field goals, and one of them was a 22 yarder. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, he, I I don't understand that from a standpoint of literally the only thing the kid does at practice is every kick. day is kick. So you are getting in so many repetitions from Mm -hmm. so many different distances and spots on the field. And, you know, they talk about, oh, well, that's not his good hash mark. I was like, you know, spend two weeks and only kick from that hash mark because all you do is kick. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, I'm the master of the smooth segue. Yeah. It's not easy to segue into something that's actually very tragic. Oh, no. Speaking of kickers, Mike, what? Rob Baronis. Yeah, uh, you know, Rob Baronis, a Trinity graduate, uh, also went to KCD for a time when he was living in Louisville, uh, uh, former Tennessee Titan kicker, uh, tragically died last night in a car accident, single car accident, and just, uh, you know, he's 36, I think he was 
two years behind me in school. Uh, he was a Trinity, I was a St. X, but I know we have a lot of the same friends and just really feel for the the Trinity community and his family and all his friends out there. Just uh, it's a terrible thing. I think he was close to maybe getting back on a roster, actually, too. I know he was working out for some teams, and uh, it's uh, it's really unfortunate to, to lose somebody like that that young. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's just married uh, Terry Bradshaw's daughter not too long ago, too. So, uh, you know, so he has a wife that uh, is now widowed. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Yeah, also um, on the subject of loss, a sending hugs and love to the family of Reggie Bonifant and the loss of his father That's this right. week. Because I think um, his the funeral actually was yesterday, and he was planning to return with the team today for meetings and film and stuff like that. I can imagine, his, I think his dad was 51 years old. Mm-hmm. Went in young, for, too, like, there. Yeah, went in for, like a, for a dialysis or something like that and started having chest pains and shortness of breath, and they took him to the hospital where they – um, ultimately said he had a heart attack and passed away, which is totally was unexpected, unexpected and totally crazy. I can't imagine. So two heavy, heavy things for the Trinity family to go through with, with the passing of Rob mm-hmm. Ronas and, and, uh, Reggie Bonifant's dad. So no question about it. We are the weekend sports buzz coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon. We have our new format of our all-star lineup, Mike Gandolfo, Ashley Miller, myself, Kelly Patrick. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We're coming up on the beginning of the second hour, at which point we will have, as many of you know and look forward to each week, Ashley's Loco Cinco, or as many call it. Where is it? Where is it? How come? Hank. (laughs) Who'd you say? Hank. Hank? Does Hank call the show? He, he calls to tell me how much he hates me. He, really? A couple times he, he really ripped into Ashley. And Are you I guess that much of a U of L homer? Uh, it wasn't even. I don't even I know think if that was. Part of it was related to that. Part wanna, of it was that he doesn't like my segment. Um, he likened me to a child that keeps crying and doesn't shut up. <laughs> to tell me that I was annoying. So He did. Hink really he ripped really, into um, Hell, we called out Truth earlier. We needed Truth where's, to call Where's in. that guy who's Let's been called the last? Was it Kevin or Frank? Or Frank, Frank. Frank. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll get Frank to call in this week. After Louisville puts up a you know net 12 rushing yards, I want to hear how great their running backs are. Yeah, Louisville, oh. Louisville did not overall impress Louisville fans. A guy like Carolina Steve said congrats. They got back on track from a distance. You're worried about other stuff on a Saturday. You All you see is the score, right? And I'm just... It looks like they're back on track. Nice road victory. And because you said they beat the spread. They beat the spread, but... And they had six whopping points in the second half. But if you're a Louisville fan, I'd be very... Maybe this is the new... ...surprised to hear that any Louisville fan out there who follows this team very closely is happy with that win yesterday. Maybe this is the new Bobby Petrino that we've all been talking about. He doesn't run the score up on people anymore. He just kind of no, settles. No, because he clearly ran the score up the second, second game of the season. We put up, what, 66 points? Against Murray? Yeah. I think I don't think that that's not... So I, I think it's a reflection of him. I think it's a reflection of our quarterback cracking under pressure and... Well, he got hurt, too. I mean, so we don't even know what's... what... does he have? Yeah, I noticed that he was wearing a knee brace. So um, they, he, game he and down with a knee, and then uh, L.J. Scott went down with an ankle. And he left, L.J. Scott left the game, uh, left the uh, stadium in a boot, so... Well, I'd like to say that Clemson was a great example of what uh, Reggie Bonifan could be if we allow him to go out there and play. I'm just saying. Their freshman quarterback killed it yesterday. He did a really good job, um, considering... 
and now they're screaming that he will probably most likely be their starter from here on out. I wish we'd give Reggie a game, just one game. You might get the chance. I mean, if, if obviously, if I, I have a feeling that if Gardner's even like questionably hurt, if he's questionable on the uh, NFL um, kind of whatever injury status they usually give people, if you want to relate the two, I'm I bet Ro- Reggie's probably going to get the start, right? Well, they did play because of the injury to Will Gardner yesterday. They played both Kyle Bolin. And they both sucked. Very, very highly touted coming out of Lexington. And Brett Nelson, the, the junior college guy. Um, and they, neither of them did very well. No. I mean, Bonifinger, only opportunity right there, right? Yep. It, it appears that way. Going forward, though, your inaugural season in the ACC, are you really going to bank everything on – your, your bowl hopes and everything on a true freshman, I don't have a problem with it. I think that clearly that's our best option. Best option. Historically, though, I think that's a, a, a pill that Bobby Petrino is really having trouble swallowing because well, that, that's, not, um, that's not something that, based on precedent, that you do. We saw Johnny Manziel and Jameis Winston do it over the past couple years and do a very good job at it. Keep in mind, they were redshirt, redshirt freshmen. freshmen right. Big difference there. Huge difference. Big difference there in the world of college football. Clemson. But you got uh, you got Wake Forest coming up, who is just abysmal. You know, if you're gonna do it, you got a home game against a bad team. This is it. You got to do it. We are the weekend sports buzz. We're gonna head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with Ashley's crazy. <laughs> she and is more, crazy. And more. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. It's the 11 o'clock hour, and as you all know, that means none other than we are ready for Ashley's Loco Cinco, or what do they call it, Mike? What? Ashley, what do they call it? I don't know. Ashley's Crazy? Ashley's Crazy. So I was like listening to this song and picturing stormtroopers dancing in the background and all that stuff. Why's that? The, the video. Oh, he did this whole, say I'm crazy. He did the whole cover What's with that? like, he's like in the Darth Vader... <laughs> Costume Mike when he wouldn't does. say you're crazy. No, I said, and you all say I'm crazy. Mike, that was a little crazy. But is that the actual video? Well, the uh, he did like a live performance at the M- the VMAs one year, and he was dressed as Darth Vader, and he had Star Wars people <laughs> on stage. And I've heard that CeeLo is actually kind of crazy. And, uh, and, and, I think it's more I than a little crazy. He's more than a little bit. Crazy. He's also got his T Rex arms. You know, just oh hilarious. 
talented, but very weird. With no further ado, we got five crazy stories from the world of sports. Ashley, what do you have for us this morning? Story number one on your boy, Floyd Mayweather. Um, He has apparently a little bit of explaining to do. The Nevada boxing regulators have ordered Mayweather to appear before them next week to answer some questions about scenes aired on the Showtime Network prior to his fight uh, last Saturday uh, night. Specifically, they want to ask Mayweather about two lengthy fights in his gym where neither fighter got a rest break, which apparently is illegal in the sport, and another scene showing marijuana being used at his Las Vegas mansion. So, um, obviously, the the State Athletic Commission made a statement saying, we all know TV is drama, but our main responsibility is the health and safety of our fighters. Um, before we draw any conclusions on what we saw on TV, we want to make sure we have the right all of the information. So, apparently, Mayweather is shown on the all-access show promoting his fight, cheering on two fighters at his gym who fought 31 minutes straight without taking a break. Um, Mayweather explained on camera that the fighters would go until one of them quit, much like fights used to be in the early days of boxing, like a century ago. Um, and he says, basically, the doghouse, this is the doghouse, the rules are you fight till someone quits. Is Vic up there, like, you know, taking bets? <laughs> so, um, basically, the boxing commissioner in Nevada is saying that he's concerned that fighters could be hurt by not having rest breaks and proper attention in the ring. Um, and it's his duty to protect fighters, whether it's in sparring or in the ring during a real fight. Um, then um, there's some questioning about a scene in the show where uh, where Mayweather watched as several women rolled marijuana joints in his home. <laughs> they said it wasn't a major concern um, because Mayweather was not seen smoking, but at one point told his assistant to go buy more rolling papers for the women. Um, <laughs> so I didn't see that. Why? Yeah, I didn't see the scene. Why put that on the... On the- why put that on there? I mean, that's stupid. But apparently Mayweather is listed as the executive producer of this uh, series. And there's, I don't know, it should be very interesting to see how that goes. But, I mean, how smart are you to put that stuff on camera, especially if you know the rules of boxing? That kind of ties into our earlier discussion that says, if you told me, yeah, we had a. Uh, we were over at our boxing gym last week, and these two guys, we just pitted them against each other, and they fought for thirty-one minutes, thirty-one, almost you know half an hour. It was amazing. They they almost killed each other. You would just go, "Wow, you guys are really working your you know working real hard." But when you videotape it and you put it out there and everybody can see it, you just have all this opportunity for people to go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, that's not safe." It yeah. Well, and from a boxing perspective, I know. Like, from experience, how hard it is to fight for three minutes straight. You're right. In yeah. a round. Yeah. Like, it is exhausting. Yeah, I trained as a boxer. Ashley's done everything, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to that. Seriously, um, Ashley's done everything. I have not. But um, I would be still training if I was running for office. So that's probably my plan for January to get back in back in the in the ring. Derby City MMA, shout out. Um, anyways, but three minutes alone will have you panting and holding your knees ready to fall over and die so i can't imagine sparring for 31 minutes straight like i just i would die hitting a a, a heavy bag for two minutes is hard. is exhausting yeah. if you're really going at it mm-hmm. and so hitting boxing having to dodge and yeah. protect yourself and move that's that's um mike I have you ever hit a heavy bag for a couple minutes yeah yeah it, i got a heavy bag in the basement do you 
You you hit it much? No, I just like kind of look at it and say, hey, yeah. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I, I I grew up with one. In, I grew up with one in my basement. He said that he looks at it while he drinks his green smoothies. That's right. And Ashley eats a donut. Hey, but you know, on that to that <laughs> point though, I'm on the last uh, you know last notch on my belt, so I'm pretty. That happened this week, so I'm pretty excited. Woo! Congrats. So. Story number two. So we did talk a little bit about Ray Rice and the whole domestic violence things, but there were some massive lines on Friday morning all over the country with people looking to get their hands on the latest iPhone. But in Baltimore, that line was a little bit different. This line was the biggest line in Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium with people looking to get rid of their Ray Rice jerseys. So just like the New England Patriots did last year with Aaron Hernandez, the Baltimore Ravens were allowing fans to exchange their Rice jerseys for another player. Um, the exchange was only eligible on officially licensed jerseys made by Nike or Reebok, and they had to be purchased either at the stadium store or at the Ravens' official team store online. So you had to have a receipt, well, I guess? I'm guessing. so. Or maybe there's something in the tag or something mm-hmm. that will tell them. I'm not sure. But that's really interesting to me that there were there was a longer line at the stadium to turn in was it like Ray 7, jerseys than um, there were people. I didn't see a number. I th- yeah, I thought oh, I saw 7,000. Trying to get an iPhone. So people are officially done with Ray Rice. Oh. Yeah. Like, Same thing's probably getting ready to happen to Adrian Peterson. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, uh, you know. Yeah. I don't see the sympathy that people show for Ray Rice's now wife being any different than what they show for a five-year-old. Five-year-old boy. He's four years old. Four-year-old boy. I, I think that's actually a couple young kids. Mm-hmm. I think that's just as, has just the, the maybe even more perceived affection from the general public than a, a, a woman, in my opinion. I, w- yeah. I would say it's worse. Probably worse. Yeah, it's considered um, to be worse. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, because I, I mean, my grandparents were all about using a switch. That was like the threat that you didn't want to have to go pick your own switch off the tree. Did you get one? I never got one. My brother, on the other hand, probably got multiple. He got all the ones I didn't get. But, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at four years old, I just can't imagine what a child can do to deserve it. I'm not going to judge people on whether or not they spank (laughs) or don't spank. But once you start using another object in your hand, we personally don't spank. I but once you use another object, I think that's you're starting going a little too far. Yeah. Well, it depends on what you do with that object too. Right. If you use an object to spank, you know, it's yeah. One thing about this topic is I've realized and I've picked up on it over many years is this is about the most personalized topic mm-hmm. there is in the world. Yeah, you get into I raise my kids this way, you raise your kids that way, you're mm-hmm. you're dumb. I mean, the like people my, will fight you over this. My grandmother was um, my mother's mother was born on Native American reservation, so what she thought was child abuse and what <laughs> the mainstream thought was child abuse were completely different things. Mm-hmm. Like with her, whatever she could get her hands on is what she got hit with. So we try not to get hit, but like my mom would tell me, like she got hit with the um, you know the little grater potato grater. Oh, she got geez. hit in the leg with one of those. Um, she got with a plunger, like random things that, um, but then she'll say, this isn't child abuse. When I was a kid, if we got in trouble, we got tied to a tree and hung in the sun all day. Jeez. But you were born on a reservation. So it's like, what is tied your perspective of how do you well, What, your kids? what Adrian Peterson did was stick leaves in his son's mouth out in the woods, his four-year-old son, and mm-hmm. then hit him with this switch so bad that he left all these marks, marks and he was hitting him in his genitals. Yeah, I know. I mean, At four years that old. makes me just hate Adrian Peterson. I hate Adrian Peterson. 
Yeah, 40s old. I, I hate to say it because that's a result of it's cyclical. And it's, it's still a result of what happened to him when he was young. And it's it, I won't say it makes him necessarily someone who would do anything else outside of that realm really bad. Mm-hmm. But that just seems so cowardly is to just beat up on an innocent, cute little four year old boy. It's just horrible. It's, it's still it still is lost in the whole fact that no one talks about it. The year after he had another kid die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that he wasn't close to that kid. He was not involved really in that kid's life. That doesn't make still, it any better. He no. had a son that his biological son was killed because of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And you could accidentally kill a kid. Hit him, I mean, you hit him in the ribs or something. I mean, you could kill. My, my five-year-old son is Someone substantially as smaller strong, than me. As I mean, a professional athlete hitting a child. In that capacity. Yeah. Bad. Adrian Bad Peterson's news. very strong guy. So, Story number three. Stuff there. Story number three. And this is kind of a little bit of an extension of the whole Ray Rice thing, but Roger Goodell says he will not resign as the NFL commissioner and believes he has the full support of the NFL owners. Um, so Goodell uh, addressed the media at the news conference in New York City. Most people kind of iter- felt like he it was a bust. Um, but he reiterated that he screwed up in the handling of the Ray Rice case and vows to do better. Um, he says over the past several weeks, we've been we've all seen so much of the NFL doing wrong. And that starts with me said uh, he should stay in power because he's acknowledged his mistakes. When asked if he felt the league supports him staying as commissioner, Goodell says, I believe I have the support of the owners. And that's very clear to me. Best part of the event, I would like to say, was when Benji from the Howard Stern <laughs> show started yelling and screaming. And then when he was dragged away by security, he yelled, don't put me in the elevator. Wow. <laughs> they, <laughs> obviously, like, Roger Goodell is either inept or he was lying. And the funny thing is, is that the NFL owners do not care. They do not care because of what we talked about earlier. The only color they see is green. And the NFL is making more money now than it ever has. And it's a business. So is that you why you think saying? the NFL really cares about... And I'm not trying to suggest that they want anyone to have brain problems, but do you think that at the end of the day, these football guys really are concerned with concussions? I think a handful of them do. Some people do. I'm not saying everybody's yeah. a, a barbarian, but why do they care? Why is there a sudden emphasis on it? And it's because of social media, and it's because of all the attention the brain, the brain scientists have come out with these studies, and there's a lot of public outlash for it, and people suing, and it's the litigious society and the amplified social media world that we live in that has led to them doing that. It's not because they're saints. It's because they care about money. Mm. And Roger Goodell, for that fact, is great at his job. Anybody going to argue with that? Mm, nope. I mean, you mean when you're saying someone, great at his someone, job, you're meaning making money. Making money. They're making more money now than they ever have before, so... I'm pretty sure that means he's good, good at, at it. Yeah. He's good at what he's setting out to do. He's not a football guy, or at least he's not he, screwing it up yet. Yeah, yeah. very interesting topic that brings up is the NFL exponentially seems to grow and grow and grow. Historically, that doesn't just keep happening. No, eventually you're going to bust, right? They're invincible right now. Are invincible right now? Right? You're invincible, and when you start thinking that, until so you're not, you, until you get knocked happens. out. Yeah. Until t- Gary Thomas was saying, until Chuck Liddell got knocked out, and then all of a sudden he was easy to knock out. Until you're, until you're not. So we'll see if that bubble bursts 
And if so, when it does and how substantial it is. Sorry to interrupt, Ashley. It's okay. Story number four. Story number four. I don't know if you guys touched this in the knockout hour or not, but the UFC fired Thiago Silva. Did y'all talk about that? We did not even discuss that. <laughs> no, I saw but, that. And again, this kind of goes back to our conversation earlier um, about things being videotaped and being seen live, but they fired him after footage of the fighter holding a gun and accusing his wife of hiding a man in their house surfaced online. Jeez. So the footage was shot by Silva's exchange wife. I think her name is Stasa. I don't know how to say it. Um, but in early 2014, when Thiago pulled a pistol out and began threatening her because he believed that she had another man in their home. At one point in the video, you hear um, his wife saying that she's recording this. So the videos would have proof in case he killed her that night. Um, so, of course, Silva was recently let off the hook in Florida where he was accused of pulling a gun on her at a martial arts studio and threatening to kill her back in February. Um, and but he was let off at that time because prosecutors say they didn't have enough ed- evidence to make a conviction. But um, UFC head honcho Dana White had initially banned Silva from fighting but reinstated him when the charges got dropped. Now with this new video footage coming to light, White has fired Silva again. So we're guessing probably... Has run out of second chances? Maybe. I don't know. Man, following MMA and combat sports in general, if you look deep enough, you will find stuff like this over and over again. And that does not help the marketability. If we're talking about dollars and cents, this does not help it. War war machine beating women and then going to prison and getting out and then holding his girlfriend hostage and doing all these horrible things. That is bad. It means the same in football. It's toxic. It? It, mm-hmm. Is it the same in football? Is it? Well, I think. I, think <laughs> I almost so. feel like this might be a little bit worse because these guys are like trained to kill people. They're so, trained to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think, but you're in a you're in a world where both sports have to have that aggression yeah, to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And the the unfortunate thing is that their their job is their job, and so the job itself is not going to be a stress release or an outlet. The we they need to figure out a way to have a healthy outlet for all these guys for their for their aggression to a certain degree. Maybe they just need a, a Sunday sports show like we've got. It's my that's my outlet, yeah. Yeah. That's a, this the easy solution. Is that be awesome by the way. Go to the gym and <laughs> I mean for me boxing wasn't was a stress reliever. Exercise for me certainly is. But at at some point though that's your job. That's true. So like you know how things like for example, I don't know if I'd ever would want to get paid for this. Because then it becomes my job. It takes away somewhat of an allure to it. Exactly. Mm. I, I would love to be paid. <laughs> I, I would be okay with it. Me, I'm with I, you I, would, I would. What's that? I said I'm with you. I would be open to it, but I know what you mean. Yeah. And I feel the same way to an extent, too. Yeah, um, I think because with that it would paycheck, change sometimes into a, it changes the pressures or um, expectations about what you do or don't do and how much fun you actually have when you picture it as a job. I don't know. Well, I just think even like in, even when you look at athletes, like the high, the there, it's obvious to me when a kid goes from high school basketball to Division one college basketball, where they get a scholarship and they basically have a job. That's a job. Mm-hmm. They the amount of fun that they get out of that sport and enjoyment drops dramatically. Um, I'm the master of transitions. I know we still got one more loco cinco, but mm-hmm. Urban Meyer said in 2009 he was extremely depressed, mm-hmm. on top of the world, best college football coach in the country. And just what we're describing is everybody gets caught in it. It's the rat race. Yep. Mm-hmm. What, what is the quote? What's and the, we see it in the playing thing? a game. What's the best thing about dominating the, the rat race? What's the best thing about it? I don't know. Well, the worst thing. Let's see. 
you're still a rat. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you get tied up. Everybody does it, but it, nobody likes it. That's just the nature of our capitalist. What a theme to our show. That's the nature of our, nature of our country. Well, it's actually kind of ironic because it's something I've been working on with myself for the last four months, like extensively. Is what? Is managing that that whole, um, the way I put it is, if you took a glass, that however full that glass is, is my capacity to give that to whatever that day, whether it's my capacity to give to my family or my clients or whoever I got to give. So I was in a funk and I wasn't keeping that glass full. I was operating you know, with the glass only a third full. So how do I recharge that glass? How do I fill that glass? What are my outlets going to be? And what are the ways that I can make sure that I have some sort of balance? So, I mean, I've, that's totally off topic, obviously. But. Kentucky Derby Festival Classic uh, recruiting coordinator. You got your real estate business. You got your radio stuff on the weekends. You got your family. Ashley, I, like I said, we might as well call Ashley the most interesting woman in the world. You got two very interesting people in here, yeah. And you know, Ashley, what is your what is your professional title? Which one? She's a nurse. I'm a nurse. I'm a women's health nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioner. That's nothing to sneeze at. You also box. You played college basketball. Mm-hmm. You're a politician. No. Beauty queen. I'm not a politician. I'm a nurse advocating for people through politics. (laughs) Sorry. I I like that. Is politician pejorative? I think it's a naughty word. I think a lot of people. I kind of agree with you. We actually had that discussion Mm -hmm. not too long ago. Yep. But balancing it all is an interesting topic. Way off topic we got there. That's okay, though. Bring it all back in. Story number five. Story number five. My favorite, least favorite person in the world right now. It's Jameis Winston. Oh, God, we've, we haven't touched on <laughs> we him. We haven't talked about we him We haven't yet got today. on Famous Jameis yet. Uh, but apparently, I guess we all know now that um, Heisman Trophy winner got into some hot water after climbing onto a lunch table on campus and screaming this phrase in front of tons of students who immediately tweeted about it. Did you guys hear what the phrase was? I did not. I think really? I did. He said a couple different things. Um, One of them was, I believe he repeated that. What I consider a hilarious YouTube clip of some reporter talking about how he would um, fornicate with a, a, a woman who was lost, right? Mm. Um, he what, said that, I think, but he also yeah, – what, 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 what did he the say, The most actually? tweeted um, about phrase was effing her right in the – That's the thing I'm yeah, talking about. Do yeah. you guys know the interview that I'm talking about on no. YouTube? No, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'll show it to you YouTube. in the break. Yeah, you'll okay. have to show it to us. But He was just basically cracking a joke, and he was he – was, what he was not taking into consideration was that he had been accused of rape at one point. Yeah, sexual um, assault. Yeah, and, and so he I was said these going very, there. very aggressive ra- um, um, sexual comments were not the worst thing in the world. I, I honestly think if I were to stand side by side with Jameis Winston and compare my list of of He's crazy and immature things he... that I've done in my life compared to him, I honestly think I'd maybe take so. him to task. I think I would. I don't think so. Too. I think I would. Well, I don't know. He shot um, a BB gun. I he, disagree he with you. Shoplifted. <laughs> I mean. He hasn't done anything I haven't done. Mm, that doesn't mean they're right, though. That doesn't mean they're right. He's. You I, also, yeah. Again, this is. Uh, okay, sorry. To, right. It's okay. Hijack. I'm gonna finish reading. Okay. So, so apparently, um, you know that officially, um, initially, Florida State announced that he would be suspended for a whole two quarters, um, against Clemson yesterday. But then, um, I guess after lots of social media. 
and uh, lots of complaints, the, the university decided that their two-quarter suspension was a joke, and they decided to pull him for an entire game. Um, but He still came out in pads? He still came out in pads <laughs> for warm-ups, after which uh, Jimbo, head coach, goes over and says, hey, you can't be doing this. You have to get off the field. You have to get over your, your pads, which is... Dumb. I'm not even sure why he thought that was a good idea in the first place. What? Um, I'm I mean, convinced that he's an attention whore, and he just needs to, to be the middle, like the center of attention at all times. Just just by watching him on the sideline, like you're in trouble again. You are killing your draft stock, and you're standing on the sideline looking crazy with your hat cocked to the side. Like, I just want to. I want to whoop him. <laughs> I want to get that that branch. From Adrian Peterson, who is more who is more polarizing, Johnny Manziel or Jameis Winston? Well, I feel like Johnny Manziel wasn't getting in trouble like this though. Like he was being his own like arrogant, over the top, makes money type of guy. I feel like Jameis Winston is just an idiot. Well, then you thought you could throw Marshall Henderson in that conversation, the guy at Ole Miss, the basketball player. Yeah, Oof, man, <laughs> it's like a combination of the two of them. So yeah, I. Well, it was interesting is that their um, their interim president, FSU, um, his statement whenever they decided to give him a whole game suspension instead of two quarters, he says, based upon the results of our continuing investigation of Tuesday's incident involving Jameis Winston, we've decided not to let him play for an entire game against Clemson. What investigation is there to to undertake? Like, I'm just not sure about that. There's yeah, there's no denying what he, what happened. If you're in a lunchroom full of students <laughs> with lots of witnesses, are, with lots of witnesses, isn't it amazing that of, there's there's no video of this? <laughs> yeah, it is surprising. Maybe he caught people off guard. I don't know, but I just uh, <laughs> it, it seems like maybe people were initially in shock. Wait, have you guys seen the um, video? Manual High School students. I have to give a shout out to Manual High School journalism students who are apparently the bomb because they are the ones that identified the kid that started the purge rumor and then they got this guy that's like the neo-nazi candidate for u.s senate on tape on video did you guys hear I, about that? I saw something about that briefly but I didn't yeah know. so it was like i think watching that video um it's kind of like what happens when random things happen that you're not expecting that people are in shock for the first few seconds and like what's happening and then they're like oh wait a minute let me get my phone so it was like i'm wondering if people just were in shock of what james winston was doing um and then I think he thought he was being funny. He probably thought he was I being didn't. funny, but considering like the fact that, like Haley said, you were recently, not that long ago, charged with rape, and now you're doing all these stupid things. Like I wonder how many people are now saying we got that kid off, and he probably did it just because of all the other stuff that he's doing. Well, it sounded like that's what he was saying. I think I don't think that's what he was saying. I think he was cracking a joke. You guys need to see this video. I'll show it to you on the break. It's funny. All right, I get easily offended, as you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> The uh, and, and you know the thing about it is, is like I think the the whole suspending for a half was not only how bad Florida State needs him as a superstar because it was evident last night how bad Florida State needs him as a superstar, but how bad the ACC needs him as a superstar because that kid, if, if you know, really out of all everyone we've seen play in the ACC so far, if, if James Winston's not in the ACC, we're in, we're talking about the ACC. Not too far off from the being like the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That hurts my stomach. It's the truth though, right? It is. There is certainly truth to it. Um, yeah. They're, they're not not tearing it up. No. Mm-hmm. Well, so. guys, I need your vote on top story. Is it 
Jameis Winston, famous Jameis. Thiago Silva. We have Roger Goodell and Benji from the Howard Stern Show. We have the deletion of Ray Rice jerseys from people's closets and Money Mayweather. I'm going to go with the, uh, with the Howard Stern Show guy because <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> None of the other ones are really funny to me. So I'll go with the Jameis Winston one just because I, I feel... What he's doing and what Johnny Manziel did really aren't that bad. Yeah, I just uh, everybody disagrees with me, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I just everybody does. They hate Johnny Manziel. They hate um, Jameis Winston. But that's I, I I think that it's it's in a way going to end up helping. We were having this exact same conversation last year about Johnny Manziel and his draft stock, weren't we? But and he wasn't doing this kind of stuff. Like he was—is this way worse? Pissing people off for other reasons. There were some stories was kind of like that, that I saw with Johnny Mantell that were pretty significant last year. I saw a picture of him with a rolled-up dollar bill in a bathroom. That somehow, why would you ever roll up a dollar bill? <laughs> no, why would you ever allow someone to take a picture if he if he was doing that. cocaine in a bathroom? Why would he ever? So I mean, there's some stuff that Johnny Mantell was doing that was very controversial. Yeah, but it's pretty much on the party scene and only. Um... Yeah, a- I think Johnny Manziel was partying. I feel like James Winston is just... Now, he also had the the NCAA thing. Oh, you're right. But, I mean, that's not a breaking a law. No. It, it was it was extreme, too. Maybe it was different, a little bit different, but um, not, certainly not the uh, the same thing. If you're a teammate of James Winston, what do you do? If I was well, you won. You won yesterday. It seems like they're all embracing him. Did you see the interview with the quarterback that, who replaced him yesterday? And he's nauseous. he's happy. He 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 was happy that Jameis talked to him throughout the game and helped that him prepare he in, the, in, in, the, you know, in the nights leading up to blah blah. Yeah, if I'm his they team, love him. If that was if that was my teammate, he probably wouldn't have come to the game because we probably would have beat him up. <laughs> he would probably not come out because he'd have black eye or something like that. My huh? teammates took that stuff seriously because when you do stuff like that, it's not only affecting you. That's almost the only reason why I wanted them to lose yesterday is because I wanted them to be pissed off at him and say, your actions are not only affecting you, they're affecting your team. What about the argument, I read an article, that Peyton Manning actually, I mean, in days of old, everybody says, well, Peyton Manning doesn't do stuff like that. I've literally heard people say that. In reality, when Peyton Manning was at Tennessee, he did have some stories like that. He did. I just think that there's a whole... He had a story where he sexually assaulted an equipment trainer. Nobody talks about that. I think it's more on how... Exposed himself to her. Jameis hasn't done that. Really? What that we know of. That we know. <laughs> you don't think we would have known no, of we'd it? Know. We would know. We would know. We'd have a picture of it. Ooh. You're right. We would. We're going to head to a break. Keep in mind, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. We will be back with more... Of the weekend sports bus. Paris, where we've been. Pop my Parisian. It's whole time and no time. It's blow all y'all season. Piss Bordeaux and Burgundies. Flush out a Riesling. When hoes out, them hoes out. Y'all put y'all weeds in and clap for a nigga with his rapping. Blow a stack for your niggas with your trapping ass. Spent all my euros on tuxes and wig clothes. I Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Gandolfo here with Kelly Patrick and Ashley Miller. 
And uh, we are uh, we are here uh, at 1450 The Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brand J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. And uh, we to- hey, we had the Loco Cinco last hour, but I still feel like the story that would have won, it's got to be Rex Chapman, right? The story we've all been sitting on throughout the whole show. Yeah. We've all been itching to talk about it, right? I mean, it's weird. It is. This is a guy that, you know, Kelly, you probably don't remember him as like a high school student. Player and all I was guys. born in '83, so he played. That's basically when he was playing high school. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when he came out of high school, I mean, he was like, he was very similar to the way Damon Bailey was thought of in the state of Indiana. Just like you know, the guy who, first off, he was extremely athletic, especially for a white guy, and he was you know this unbelievable guy. What, what come, are you trying to say? White man can't jump. Listen, Kelly was bagging <laughs> on fat guys, and I took offense to that in the previous show. You're not a fat guy, so. I'm working on it. Anyway, the uh, just the guy that everyone kind of looked up to and just kind of really embraced. And more and more stories come out about Rex. And then this has got to be the most bizarre. This definitely. So read, you want me to read def- the story? Definitely takes the cake. Maybe haven't heard it. Yeah, p- please read the story. Okay, former Kentucky Wildcat and NBA veteran Rex Chapman has been arrested for an alleged theft at a Scottsdale Apple store. Chapman, age 46, was arrested on Friday at approximately 1.45 p.m. after police stopped his vehicle in northeast Scottsdale. The Apple store where the alleged thefts occurred is in the Scottsdale Quarter Retail Center. I mean, we don't care where it is, but police began investigating the case in August when employees reported a series of shoplifting incidents involving the same suspect over a period of a few months. The suspect was identified by multiple employees as Rex Chapman because his previous celebrity status as NBA basketball star. Police said Chapman allegedly picked up items in the store and made it appear that he was paying for them with an iPhone app through the store's self-checkout system. He would then leave the store without actually paying for the items. He allegedly took the merchandise to a local pawn shop and sold it for cash. Jeez. Um, Apparently, um, it was about... Was about twelve thousand dollars. Fourteen. Fourteen thousand yeah. dollars worth of merchandise. God. So he's report, reportedly facing nine felony counts of organized retail theft and trafficking in stolen goods. So you know, again, Rex Chapman, very successful NBA career. He uh, he worked in the NBA front offices for a while. You would, they said he reportedly made twenty two million dollars during his NBA career. And so you would, and of course, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money in the NBA. He, he didn't yeah. make the ten years. He didn't make it to ten years though, so well, he's probably he not getting a pension. 12. He said drafted in 1998, spent 12 years. Does in that the mean NBA he's getting a, a pension, Mike? He shouldn't. Get uh, a I would think so. Yeah, and, but again, he was working in the front office for the Suns for a while. Mm-hmm. So he's getting a pension, and he's doing this. But, so here's why. So why do you do this? This so again, this is that's complete probably, total. That's the biggest question. This is complete and total speculation. We have no evidence or proof of anything. But you only do something like this either a because you're so arrogant, you can just feel like you can get away with you it. Which you hear that like what happened? There was that Cincinnati Reds pitcher a couple years ago, Mike Lee, Mike Lee stealing T-shirts. You know. Uh, mainly just for the thrill of it. That that story, I could see it being a little more possibly. I don't know with yeah. Mike Leake. Maybe he was frustrated with the line, and he was just. I don't know exactly how that went down. That was also very bizarre. Anytime a celebrity shoplifts, it is very bizarre. But when you're doing items of this high of value, and it was a very thought out way, clearly very premeditated. You're trying to are are you trying to hide money from someone? Like you don't want you're trying to make certain purchases that you don't want to see show up. On uh, you know or, or where your where your family and spouses are starting to ask questions when they start checking things out. 
I'm putting it at 95, 98% chance that he's either a pain pill addict or a heroin addict. Well, again, well, that's not, my opinion. He doesn't look 100% great. 100% Kelly Patrick's opinion. And it's going to be I, the the backlash from this story of what ends up, because there's going to be a whole lot more to come out, I have a feeling, with this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we're speculating. No proof, nothing. I'm not going to, I was not going to go that far. But to me, it seems like he's trying to bring in a large sum of money so that he can do something uh, that he doesn't want a paper trail for. Are you suggesting he's funding an underground cockfighting ring? <laughs> Who knows what it is? Who knows what it is? Sounds like that's what you're angling at. I'm not going there. Maybe he's got, you know, other things he's got to take care of. I, who knows? I don't I don't know. But th- this is the only thing that really makes sense to me. You Nothing would think yet. that the guy's financially okay. You would think, but you don't know. I don't know. I won't even say that I would think that because I, you don't. The, it seems like the, the bankruptcy rate and the. For well, athletes is crazy. It, it, right? I, I'm, I honestly am to the point where I don't assume I see somebody out at, at a restaurant I don't assume that they're, if they're an athlete, I don't assume that they have any money. They may be more broke than I am. Mm-hmm. I really think that. Is that warranted, or do you think that's? Warranted to a degree. I think, uh, I think usually what happens with, with athletes is they get the sense that they need to take care of everyone who kind of took care of them beforehand. That, and maybe the pressure to sustain a type of lifestyle that the... Pro athlete has yeah. during, while they're getting paid that way? Yeah. And so maybe they're spending all of their money trying to maintain this lavish lifestyle because that's what people expect of them now that they're playing a professional sport. And then they're spending all of their money on this lifestyle trying to maintain it. And then by the time they're done playing, they have nothing put away and they can no longer Which is true. sustain it. And I think that, the, I think that was uh, evident. I was talking to a former NBA player who didn't play very long in the NBA. And I'm not going to say who it is because everybody would know, around here knows who it is would know who the person is and just he talked about it's like you know you you talk about how can you spend twenty thousand dollars a month and it's like he's like it's real easy (laughs) yeah twenty thousand dollars a month he's like if you got it it's real easy to spend what you got and uh, that's why you gotta look like like it's somebody like reese Gaines, and just be like just amazed and that guy didn't have a great very long pro career he socked away everything really i didn't know that Mm -hmm. and he's able to Go after his dream to be a college basketball coach. How great and is afford that? to do it because I he's got all this money still. Wow. I mean, I didn't know about that. That uh, stories like that about fiscal responsibility <laughs> among athletes yeah. have no traction when it comes to the. And media. they should. They, I mean, because they should. I, I find them very appealing. They yeah. need to be lifted up as the example of how to handle your stuff. Was yeah. Reese Gaines the guy you were talking to? No. Okay. No. Wait, was... And the guy that you were talking to was it since the Rex Chapman stuff came out? Well, the Rex Chapman stuff just came out. Okay, so no. No, no this okay. is a couple years ago. It wasn't Patrick Ewing the one who, who with the, the great quote, what was it? Everybody says we make a lot of money. Well, we yeah, we, we spend a lot of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, my honest belief is, A, they make a lot of money for the people that are paying them, and they also do are at the top tax bracket, 0.01% at what they do. And how many of them have kids and baby mamas to pay? Yeah, I mean, they got, they got a lot. That's a lot of the money they lose is paying people. Paying and that's kids. based on your income. Yep. Child so, support's based on your income. And and that's, alimony is based on your income. And when we talk about the Jameis Winston stuff or even NBA players who are broke, I'm gonna, I, I admire the way that, from what I understand of what happens at the University of Kentucky, where they, they 
train these kids on how to deal with the media. You you do get people in trouble. Drawn Lamb, that's another Ocho Cinco story that should have yeah. been. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, Cal's trying to teach them to put their first million dollars a year away or their first million away and try to give them some sort of sense of financial responsibility. It has an opportunity with all these players coming from very – uh, difficult backgrounds financially. Well, not all of them. And I, 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 mean, I, I didn't mean to say all of them. What right. I meant to say was the uh, the large number of them that are from difficult financial backgrounds, family histories of being poor. Um, it, it has just a tremendous opportunity for people to really take a different direction in the the future of their family and their their lineage of um, their life. And there's so much opportunity there for it. At the end of the day, though, they're in the highest tax bracket. Warren Buffett is the guy who has real money. And he's in the lowest tax bracket out there. These guys are earning all the money, so they're clearly just giving half of it to the IRS. Well, not only, not not only that, that, but all sorts of variables that are stacked against you actually sustaining that wealth. But the whole idea of, like a lottery winner, mm-hmm. you were never trained, you never came up with that money. It didn't develop over time. It's not like you went from... $50,000 a year to $100,000 a year to blah, blah, and hit all these babies. You went from nothing to a lot to a whole lot. And if you're 19 doing that, you're not going to be responsible. Probably not. No. And then you don't have any support system or f- Somebody people there to yeah. really teach you on how to do it. I mean... Truth uh, be told, because a lot of those kids, even their parents, are like, oh, give me this. Oh, buy me that house you promised. Or give me this car. And then they've looked up and they've already spent $200,000 on somebody. And that's not even sustaining their own lifestyle. I, and then, then their aunt who raised them, kind of. And then their, their brother. And mm-hmm. then their, and you got friends that come out of then your friend, everywhere. Yeah, your friends that left um, to move with you, to be there with you all the time. It's you got to take care of them. you got to real- take care of your girlfriend. You got so much money, but the lottery—you know—it's it's not much different to those lottery winners who, well, major majority of those people end up. Uh, I think what was this, most people said that if they had to go back, they would have decided not to win the lottery. Yeah, most. I think it's yeah, it's a high, high most. It's more, like more, more than just half. Yeah, it's like seventy-five percent, something of, along yeah. those lines. That's why if I see someone who says, "Yeah, I won twenty million dollars ten years ago," I also wouldn't assume that they're doing good financially, right? Um, but plenty of stuff to talk about. We got to admit that locally, the Rex Chapman story is huge. the most intriguing because he was such a beloved figure. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. Within the Kentucky fan base, I, I definitely I think he was. I think, I think that, that started to change maybe in the past couple of years with some stuff that he's posted on social media. He did have some interesting stuff happen during his tenure at UK. He, he dated an African American woman and took criticism for it. So he has a history of being somewhat polarizing. Uh, he wanted to go to Louisville, too. I mean, he grew up a Louisville fan, you know. And uh, I can't remember exactly how the story went, uh, but you know, basically, he, he ended up going to Kentucky, but he he wanted to commit to Louisville. And also, uh, before the national championship game last year, maybe he was high. And I'm not trying to make a joke of this. Mm-hmm. But the, the comment about the Lakers? He reported that it was 100% going to happen that John Calipari was going to the Lakers. And that started, didn't that start the buzz about whether or not it did. he really was? or was This was a guy on the end mm-hmm. of the University of Kentucky basketball program. And the NBA. And the NBA, seemingly maybe one of the more credible guys to comment on it, said it was 100%. It's crazy. 
I mean, and then and then let's just real quick because we I want to get on and make sure we had time to sure. choose our NFL games. The Deron Lamb story of him post and I, to me it was him making more of a. I'm hoping at least was more of an innocent type talk about like how they just how they overall get treated at Kentucky as a basketball player, but for him to tweet out if you play basketball at Kentucky, you get you get anything you want. Trust me, I know. Offer opens up a huge, you know, question mark about what's going on. And then he quickly started defending his comments and saying, you know, nobody got paid, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that that is probably true that you get maybe not money. It may be not money. I'm not saying necessarily that it was money, but I'm sure Deron Lamb is here two years. Yes. That he won a national that, championship too. Won a national championship, decided to be the only guy to stay no, Terrence from Jones. his class. Okay. Terrence Jones Him and Terrence Jones stayed, came back and won a national championship. Not always the most warm and um, nicest guy to interview is what I've heard. Deron Lamb. Yeah. Not the most talkative guy out there. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I'm I was trying to say like if you read his tweets, you would not think that he would be a very good interview. So, but he he comes out with this statement and it got everybody riled up. Of course, websites like our man John Hancock of KentuckySports.co and everybody is going to be all over that. And then even if it's not a big deal in today's society, you start getting t- all these retweets because it sounds sensational, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it and it is now. I mean, nothing's nothing's being done further. It actually got swept under the rug. I think pretty pretty quickly, which was was kind of interesting to me. I think in some ways, but uh, well, there's because there's no substance to it. There's no substance, right? There really isn't any substance to it. Maybe there is, but there's no out in your face substance. There's no there's no. We got money, and I'm right. going public. Like who was it? Rashad McCants, right? At North Carolina. Yeah, it was it. Rashad McCants. It was or Raymond uh, Felton. It wasn't Felton. It was McCants. Rashad McCants, who just came out and completely outed the entire, seemingly now hates the University of North Carolina. And is just ratting him out for everything. And, you know, to me, quite honestly, he, Deron Lamb just got cut from the Orlando Magic, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah. And, I mean, he's like, not even in the D League. It's, that was the, the, when he made the tweet. Like, he got cut. He made the tweet. I don't know if he was fishing for work. Or what, you know? You think he was like, you doing that to try to help well, him get signed? No, 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 no. Not basketball work, but okay. like, you know. A paycheck. Like a paycheck, maybe? yeah. Like, he knows that the just the same thing in our basketball crazy communities. If you're a Russ Smith, a Peyton Siva, a Deron Lamb, if you're a beloved figure, that you can come back and you're going to find a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. And you think that in his mind at the moment, maybe... Look, looking at the chain of tweets that were sent around there? Really? I would say he just, he kept on giving out a whole lot of love for BBN and how well he was treated, blah, blah, blah. So blah. he was trying to say it in a, I love the University of Kentucky type way. Right. Last thing he was trying to do was piss every Kentucky fan off. Right. If you're a Kentucky basketball fan, that is about one of the last things you want is a former player under Cal to come out and to have a theme to where he is trying to get everybody in trouble. Yep. Mm-hmm. It would be the same thing. That That's like a, horror, a bad nightmare for a Kentucky fan right now. Yeah. 
because most Kentucky fans can still remember what happened 25 years ago. So with Eric Manuel and packages breaking open and all kinds of stuff. So Eddie Sutton. Eddie Sutton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eddie Sutton, who coached Rex Chapman. He did. Had his own little battle with substance abuse. He so. did. As did his his son involved in the uh, Sean Kemp deal. So controversy all over the place there. Do so. we do we have another break before we get to do our NFL? Got, I'm excited about that because I feel like I did pretty good. Last I think we need to head to our last break of the show. Yes, we didn't keep track. Do we keep? Do we get? Do we have a rankings yet? No, but we have it all documented. Yeah, we got to get it all. So yeah, I know we, I did. I did not do good last week. I'll, I'll I did do it. pretty well. Did you? I think. There was a couple I was completely off on. I was right. I called the Falcons. I'm just saying. And y'all, said, y'all, said, y'all said I was wrong. And we couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> we couldn't have been more wrong. You you don't forget that, huh? <laughs> who did the Falcons beat the hell out of? I don't um, even remember. I don't even remember. It who was on Monday it. night, wasn't it? Yeah. Or it was, Thursday night? Thursday night. Thursday. They did just play Thursday night against uh, Tampa Bay, but that wasn't the game we were talking about. So, But I'll figure it out. I don't know. Well, we'll find out in a few minutes. But Be sure week. to stay tuned for more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. So dumb. Coming up, coming down. Rock queens, put your hair in my crown. Bad bitch, H time. And by Wayne Perry, though. District of Columbia, guns on your tumblers. Hashtags and retweets. 140 characters in these streets. Part in my lap, and y'all only flagging on beat. Part in my lap, and I happen Welcome back. To 1450, the Sports Buzz. This is the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mikey Doffel here with Kelly Patrick and Ashley. And we, uh, I, I actually think that Jay-Z should become the official uh, music provider for the Weekend Sports Buzz. What do you think? I have no opposition to that. No. You don't? No. Yeah. Shout out to Jay-Z and Beyonce who had the most amazing concert on in their HBO special last night. Keep in mind, I'm someone who doesn't follow gossip magazines or anything like that. Although I would, I just for some reason don't. I find it interesting. Are they? How's their marriage doing? Are they? Um. Well, <laughs> it's interesting because like her mom like finally came out and said something about like all this nonsense and saying that their marriage is fine. And then apparently there were some reports that for her birthday on September fourth they did a vow renewal ceremony on the beach. So who knows? I think at the end of the day, when you're talking about somebody who dated for almost ten years without anybody knowing, and then got married without most of the world knowing, and then got pregnant and carried a child for almost five months without the world knowing. Do you really think we know if they're getting divorced? Probably not. <laughs> so, okay. That, that's sufficient. But it's interesting, though. Like, they're still the married. End, they're still married. Yeah, they're not divorcing. They're not divorced I mean, oh. at this point today. At the end of their, um, you know, there's a lot of speculation about whether or not she actually carried their child. Um, but at the end of their concert they show a lot of um their home footage and stuff like that of them together them with their kid and there's uh one part of where it's a video of a photo shoot that they did when she's like huge pregnant and he's like has his hands on her belly and stuff you can clearly see that it's her and him it's really cute um but it's interesting okay we gotta go yeah we have to go right here we go i'm I'm gonna have to fly through these again so chargers at buffalo Chargers. Buffalo, 3-0. I'm going to go Buffalo as well. Cowboys at uh, St. Louis. St. Louis. I don't, I'm not picking Cowboys ever. I'm going Cowboys. <laughs> I'll take, uh, man, the Rams are terrible. I'm, I, I'll go the Cowboys. Redskins and Eagles. Uh, that team in Washington for killing the Eagles. I'm going to have to say the Eagles. 
They're in Philadelphia. Eagles. Eagles. The Houston in uh, the at the Giants. Uh, Giants. Houston. Mm. Giants. Vikings at uh, the zero and two New Orleans Saints. Saints. Vikings. Saints. Titans in Cincinnati. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I'm going with the Titans. I'm a <laughs> Bengals fan, but I'm going Titans. Baltimore and Cleveland. Mm, Cleveland. Cleveland. Baltimore. Green Bay and Detroit. I'm going Detroit on this one. Uh, I'm going Green Bay with this one. Green Bay. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars. Colts. Colts. Everybody's going Colts? Yep. Uh, Oakland and New England. New England. New England. New England at home for sure. Uh, the Niners at Arizona. I'm going to go, actually, I'm going to go against my Niners. I'll go with Arizona. 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 And then the Broncos at Seattle. Seattle. Broncos. Broncos. Uh, Chiefs at Dolphins. Chiefs. Chiefs. Dolphins. Steelers at Carolina. Carolina. Steelers. Carolina. All right. We're out. Be sure to join us next Sunday from 10 until noon for more Weekend Sports Buzz. Oh, man.